Hi everyone, I'm your host, Sam Evans, and welcome to Lifestyle Redesigned, the podcast. Every week I interview both entrepreneurs and travelers about their success stories and how they made their dream lives into reality. Whether you're someone who has always wanted to travel but doesn't know where to start, an aspiring entrepreneur looking to build a thriving business, or anyone in between, our guests will share their experiences and insights on how they've succeeded at living what I like to call the unconventional life. So get ready to be inspired as we explore the stories of those who have successfully redesigned their lives. In today's episode, I'd like to introduce Rachel Fershaw, a content marketer, writer, travel consultant, and blogger based in Southern California. Rather than prescribing to the idea that she had to sell all of her things and book a one-way ticket across the globe, she wanted to find out what it meant to live a crazy, passionate, adventure-filled life without having to put her other ambitions on hold. So after graduating college, she set out to do just that. Throughout this episode, we will be talking about building a career that allows you to travel, how to maximize your vacation days, the pros and cons of balancing a full-time job with travel, and everything to expect when committing to workations. So with all of that said, thank you so much for being on and welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me, Sam. I'm really excited to be here. Of course. Thank you so much for making this work. I know we were just talking about how things have been crazy lately, so happy that we can spend like an hour of our time talking about travel and work and vacation. Oh yeah. It's never entirely glamorous. So I feel like we're really living and breathing the work right now. Yeah, (laughs) literally, literally. Well, before we get into everything, I would love for everyone to learn more about you and what got you to where you are today. Yeah, sure. So like Sam said, my name's Rachel. I have been working in corporate America for around a little over a decade now. Shortly after graduating from college, I kind of just threw myself into full-time work. Like I had an internship when I was a senior in college. I had it all figured out. I was going to go straight into the nine to five. Everything Mm -hmm. made sense. And slowly after that, I quickly realized that having only 10 days of paid time off a year is a kind of shitty gig, right? Yeah. (laughs) And I'm from Hawaii originally, and I live in Los Angeles. And 10 days of PTO gets eaten up pretty quickly when you're just going home to visit your family in Hawaii. And so I I really quickly thought to myself, like, this is bizarre. I don't know if I should be waiting until I'm retired in order to go on vacation or take time for myself. So over the past several years, I've switched my career up a little bit. I work now for an advertising tech startup. We can talk about that more if you'd like. But I really just tried I tried to be a little more vocal and honest with myself about why travel was so important to me. And this yeah. was before I realized it could be a career. It was before I realized it could be something that you could pursue without shame. And that kind of brought me to where I am today. I still work full-time. I have kind of re-engineered my full-time job to be more travel-focused so I can kind of take my passions both in and out of the nine to five. Mm -hmm. And for the past six years, I've been running a travel blog called Rachel Off Duty, which is entirely focused on helping empower other women like myself who have careers or full-time jobs or entrepreneurial pursuits like yourself to balance all of that while being unapologetic about like traveling and finding adventure. And that was kind of born out of a self-serving pursuit, right? Like I wanted to figure it out for myself. Now I want to make sure that people don't have to do that and they can just kind of thrive, right? So that's that brings us to where we are today. 
Yeah, I love that. I love that. I like a couple of things that you said. First of all, is when I tell anybody that doesn't live in the U.S. that if you have a normal job, you get around like 10 to 15 days off. They'll be like, oh, is that like every couple months? I was like, oh, no, out of 365 days a year, like a week off, two weeks off max. And people are so shocked because I think that it is definitely like our culture that really pushes work on us, society in general. And like you were saying, in terms of starting your blog and it being more of like a self-serving thing at first, it was the same thing with this podcast was I really wanted for myself to talk to people who were doing things differently, who weren't following the norms, who were like getting up and approaching the norms differently or completely going against them. But now that I've been doing it for a while, the podcast has become like teaching people that they can do things differently. You know what I mean? And with you, I love your story because yes, you're doing things differently, but you don't want to quit your job to travel the world. You know what I mean? You don't want to be living off of your savings for five years and all of that stuff. Like you really wanted to make it work. And I feel like a lot of people are in that position because on social media, you just see so many people quitting their jobs and traveling the world. And sometimes that's not necessarily like reality for a lot of people. So I really like your story. I really like how you've been able to make it work and how you share that with people. So what would you say are some of the benefits and challenges of balancing a full-time job with travel? Yeah, yeah, no, that's a good question. And I will say too, really quickly, that for me, it it was never really about being anti-quit your job to travel the world. It was just, I didn't really, the narrative that was the only way. Yeah. I think there's nothing wrong with someone quitting their job if they can make it work. I think there's a lot of people that feel stuck in thinking that it's either this or that, right? Yeah. So for me, it's speaking to that middle of people that that maybe do like their careers or maybe don't see a, a way to just jump into like living in Thailand for the rest of their lives. Right, like right, there, right. There, there is a happy medium and I think there's a huge spectrum of people like us. So to answer your question about like challenges and benefits, right, of... Mm-hmm. of having a lifestyle like this. I think the challenges are quite obvious, right? Mm -hmm. Like we live in, at least in the US, in a society that's still shifting. I think the pandemic has turbocharged a little bit of this mindset shift that corporate America needed. Mm -hmm. I speak regularly to my coworkers and to my people team at my own company about this, right? It used to be a really taboo thing to talk about the things that we liked to do that weren't work-related. Yeah. That's just a fact. Right. right? Which is crazy Um, to think about too, but it was reality. As much as we say, pursue your passions. What what do you like to do outside of work? The reality was it wasn't something that was celebrated in our corporate mentality, at least in the US. And so that's a challenge in itself because we're up against this like slowly shifting narrative that things that take away from work are things that are not important, right? And so for me, like the biggest challenge was perception. We can get into this more, I think, but like one of the things that really struck me for the first several years of my career was that I was always getting in trouble for traveling and taking time off. Yeah, I work, wow. at, a, I work at a company now that has unlimited time off, right? which is also a stigmatized thing in the US because some companies truly believe in unlimited PTO. Others, it's lip service, right? To make it sound exciting. And then in reality, like it's not yep. fact. So the first thing, I think the first challenge is perception. Figuring out how to have a conversation with your team or how to be honest with your boss or your peers about the importance of travel 
or any hobby or passion that you have and letting that be genuine and and letting it be accepted and celebrated. Another thing that I think is a really interesting challenge is when it comes to travel and full-time work, it is an inherently hard thing to juggle, right? Like we are talking about having limited days of travel, no matter what that looks like, whether it's 10 days or unlimited. Mm -hmm. We are talking about having crazy schedules. Like you aren't quitting your job to travel the world. You still have to juggle your meetings and your deliverables and all of that. Mm -hmm. So that poses an inherent struggle too, which I have grappled with and I've made many mistakes along the way. Another big one is Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi is hard. If If you bring your work along with you on the road, like I do. It's a struggle. Yeah. <laughs> there's no big, there's no big solutions for that. Yeah. Like it's all a gamble. It's part of the fun, but it's yeah. also part of the chaos. Right. So I think those are some of the biggest things. The biggest thing for me is that perception piece, right? Because it's still not 100% celebrated, but it's getting there. Yeah, exactly. And I also think that people are thinking about it in it, like you were saying, thinking about it in a different way and their perception is different, but also now doing something about it. Because even before the pandemic, before all of this, like you were saying, it's kind of been sped up now, but all of this, people were thinking about it. People were talking about it. It was just, there was nothing being done about it. And now a lot of people are actually doing something about it or saying something or bringing it up to their peers or posting about it. And now with social media, there's so many pros and cons, of course, and that could be a whole nother episode. But just like speaking their voice and realizing that thousands of people are actually in the same boat and think that exactly the same. I think that's really a really cool thing that's happened after the pandemic is the perception is switching. You know what I mean? And it's changing in a way that the older generation might not understand. But I think that the way that like you're posting about things, the way that you're talking about things and not like having any sort of, I don't want to say shame, but embarrassment of taking time off or like being scared. I've had jobs where like, I've been scared to ask for my 10 days off. You know what I mean? And it's okay. Well, they're giving it to me. So why should I be scared of asking or what they're going to say? But that was essentially how it was. And now being a digital nomad and traveling and working and all of that stuff, it's a little bit, it's a little bit different. And then going into the challenge of Wi-Fi too, it's like, not that it's impossible, but it just adds to, like you said, adds to the adventure of, do I need to find a Starbucks? Is there a cafe that has Wi-Fi? Does my Airbnb or, or hotel or hostel or whatever I found working in hostels is <laughs> not oh, ideal. A, oh my God. Yeah. Like I thought- It's a crapshoot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I thought at first I was like, okay, I'm young. Everyone will be working and traveling. This is like the new thing. The first time that I had taken my laptop to go on vacation and was planning on doing work, I stayed in a hostel. I I didn't even, I was like, just, do people actually do this? I can't even think straight. Even going into the common room and getting out of my room, there's still stuff going on. There's music playing. There's this, there's that. So not only Wi-Fi, but just figuring out places to stay and having a quiet environment can also be something big. Yeah. It's like another, it's another full-time job. Essentially. I have had some like horror stories of working from hostels, working from hotel lobbies that I thought were a safe space. Right. (laughs) I've run the gamut of chaos and just figuring it all out as I go. But I think it's an interesting time for people like us to be doing things like this because companies are either paying attention or 
they are soon going to learn that they have to. Yeah. Because in the last if in the last three years alone, like just look at like the trends, right? If you've heard of the great resignation, right? Yep. If you've heard of quiet quitting, these are new trends of people that are realizing that they are not happy with their environments in corporate America and that they have choices that they didn't previously think that they could have. Yeah. And if companies don't evolve to make it easier for people like us to pursue things that fulfill us in other ways outside of our salary or our corporate obligations, they're, it's not, they're not going to be sustainable, right? This yeah. is a shift. And you're right, like more and more like younger folks are like getting into the workplace. Like this is something that is like radically shifting. And we horror stories aside of working from hostels with crazy music. Yeah. I've had many of those stories, right? I think that the thing that the pandemic proved was that people are self-motivated to work remotely in general, right? And if you provide the environments for them to do that, we'll figure it out. I think a lot of people don't really want to just bum around and not have goals or projects or things like that. Like we want to do things that are fulfilling, but we also want the space to live our lives. And that's the happy medium that we're all trying to figure out, right? Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So then what would you say is like your favorite thing about working and traveling? Obviously, there's all of these struggles that, again, could be a whole nother episode of like problems and horror stories and like all different things. But what do you love about being able to work and travel? Now that I've figured it out a little bit like more besides for the obvious, of course, <laughs> <laughs> now that I figured it out a little bit more for myself, I mean, there's a couple like big benefits, I think, in general for people, right? Like, One of the things that's great about being able to travel and work is that you have financial security that a digital nomad might not necessarily have. You've got a salary coming in that can sustain you actually like paying for these trips in a way that like you wouldn't necessarily get if you didn't have an income that was steady. Right. Another thing that like for me has been really gratifying was like, I feel that I can handle any situation that is thrown at me. Yeah. Like the, auto- the autonomy and independence and self-starting motivation that comes with traveling and working on the road is unmatched. Yeah. I think that people like people that take their work on the road are a special kind of beast. Okay. Because tell me if I'm able to land a call or survive a call when there is spotty Wi-Fi and there is construction outside in a foreign yeah. city and I don't <laughs> yeah. speak the language and my outlet doesn't work because I forgot my like charging adapter. Oh, right. like, like, oh. <laughs> right. Tell me that I am not like an A plus individual at my work if I can survive a scenario yeah. like that. Yeah. Right. And we do it, right? So I think like being able to prove yourself in different situations is something that's so cool about it because travel is inherently taking yourself out of things that are comfortable mm-hmm. and seeing how you survive. Yeah. And I think that there's something so cool about that. Maybe not in the moment, right? Because <laughs> the moment you're right. like, oh my God, I'm panicking. The world is ending. Yeah. But afterwards, when you look back, you're like, oh shoot, I did that. Yeah. I, I did take that call. Like I did take the morning off to explore and then make it back just in time for like my one-on-one with my boss. I yeah. can do that. Right. And like that fulfillment and satisfaction is a really interesting benefit of working and traveling, right? Yeah. I think that's something that not a lot of people think about when they think of that. And personally either, when you said that, I was like, you know what, you're right. Like the stuff that we go through when you're working and traveling is who can handle that? You know what I mean? Besides us, like who can handle that? 
And it adds to like your personality, I think, outside of work as well. Not only you as a person and your work ethic and all of that stuff and being able to prioritize work while you're prioritizing your path. Like that is literally what you're doing and what a lot of people want to be doing. They just might not know where to start or how to even go about that. But I think keeping them on the same like playing field is really important and actually knowing how to prioritize both things almost equally is what will get you to a point where it's like you can really do anything you can go anywhere you can talk to anybody and anyways back to what we were saying I think that it it can definitely add to your personality add to like the way that you work and the way that you are as an individual and I think that also allows you to connect with people in a different way because now you have all of these stories now you have all of these different aspects of your life that you might not have been able to experience without being able to do these things. And so I really like that you said that because I don't think a lot of people see it in that way of like resilience almost of being able to travel and work and actually make it work and have your passion be just as important to you as your work. And in every other culture, that is like the normal is like your passion should honestly be more prioritized than your work. Whereas here, that is like never, you will rarely ever see that. And if you do see that, it's, well, you know, wait a second. Yeah, exactly. And it's, I mean, it really is. It's like something that each of us has to be a little bit better at, right? Because we're all not guilty of it necessarily, but it was the way that our realities were shaped, like just growing up in this culture, right? And so I've even made like a little bit of a pact to myself that I'm going to stop asking people like what they do as the first question that I ask them after what your name is. It's like little things like that. What a concept, right? Yeah, I know. (laughs) Wow, you've come up with something genius. (laughs) Revolutionary, but it's true because we do that, right? And we do perpetuate the belief that what you do is everything. Exactly. Right. And I'm really proud of what I do, but I don't think that it's like the thing that they, I you. want. Yeah. yeah that I want to define myself or that I want others to feel like they need to be defined by. And I think if all of us are a little more intentional about that, like we could re- redefine the narrative a little bit more every yeah. single time that we do it. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I really like that. I just did a podcast episode the other day and the girl that I was interviewing said the same thing in terms of like, When you're, say you meet somebody at a bar, for example, or a conference or wherever you are, you know what I mean? You're out and about, oh, what do you do for a living? Is honestly, sometimes before your name, you know what I mean? That's almost comes first. And she was saying the same thing of like, really taking into consideration that, okay, so say, so for me, for example, so I would define myself as an entrepreneur, but I'm also like a manager. I'm also a copywriter. I'm also a graphic designer. I'm also this. So like, I've come to the realization that I can't even answer that question. You know what I mean? Because I'm doing so many different things. And also, I don't really want people to know me as one thing. I would rather have them know my experience or my stories or things that I'm like passionate about. I think the problem with that, though, is not a lot of people know what they're passionate about or not a lot of people have hobbies. I was one of those people, too. Like before I figured out what I like to do and kind of made it into the career that I have now, it was very hard for me to come to a realization that I did not have hobbies. Like all it was like work, hang out with friends, go to sleep, go to school. You know what I mean? And so now growing up, it's okay, go to a dance class or do pottery or have a paint night or like something like that. And I think that the struggle for a lot of people is not even knowing any other answer 
to any other question besides what's your name and what do you do for work? Yeah, hundred percent. Actually, like in the spirit of radical honesty here, like one of the things that is a challenge though, of working and traveling, especially at the frequency that I do, maybe I'm a, an extreme edge case, but <laughs> in order to travel and work at the level that I want, right. I have noticed in the past year that the hobbies that I do like to do outside of travel and outside of work are harder to maintain. So that's something that's a real thing for someone like me, right? I love salsa dancing. I love yoga. I keep yoga because I consider it a workout and like, I have no choice. Like I make that commitment. (laughs) But there are other little things, salsa dancing, like wanting to get back into learning Spanish or wanting to take more courses online just because I want to that have suffered a little bit because of all the craziness. Anyone that's planned a remote work trip or anything like that knows that it's a, a it takes a lot of time. So one of the things I'm still trying to figure out and hopefully share with people once I do figure it out is how to keep hobbies, like actual hobbies alive. Right. right? And it's something that I have noticed, like I've had to sacrifice that a little bit in order to travel at the rate that I do. Yeah. Yeah. Which is okay because at least you're doing something outside of work. You know what I mean? I think that's the difference. And I wouldn't devalue what you're doing at all because working and traveling is incredible. And you know what I mean? But I get, I also get what you're saying where when you're doing two like things that are prioritized to you, anything else kind of goes by the wayside, even to the extent of working out. You know what I mean? Some people push that to the wayside, including myself of, oh damn, I haven't gone to the gym in months. I've been so focused on like trying to do this or trying to do that. Pottery, painting, dancing, like all of that stuff. It's like when you come to the like awareness or realization that you haven't done that in a while, I would love to be able to work on that too, of not only balancing work and your passion, travel, whatever that might be, but also having the little hobbies that you can do once a week or whatever, and like kind of balancing it all. But that leads me into my next question of when you are traveling, when you are working, I should say, and then you decide to take a trip, how do you prioritize the travel aspect of it? So bucket list item. Say you're going to a new place. Are you planning things beforehand? Can you be a little more spontaneous? Like what does your work trips or workations look like? Ooh, this is a good question because it has, like everything else, been a struggle to figure out. I work in sales. I have a client facing role. It requires me to be in market, in person a lot of the time. That's why I bounce back and forth between the US and elsewhere frequently, more frequently than other people. And I go to conferences while we're seeing each other at a conference in a couple of weeks. So my number one thing is making sure that I plan my travel around the times that I know that I have an obligation, right? And so what are those days? And maybe sometimes I get a month where I have no obligations and I can go somewhere. Maybe sometimes I have two weeks, whatever it is. But November last year, I saw that I had two and a half weeks of free time between a work trip for my blog. So a press trip and Thanksgiving. And five days later, I was on a flight to Panama. I was like, I'm getting out (laughs) of here. Two weeks is it? I was like, two weeks is like the right amount of time. Like I'm taking this opportunity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I booked a flight to Panama by myself. I was like, screw it. Let's see what happens. (laughs) And sometimes you just have to do that, right? So number one is like making sure that I'm very honest with myself about what are my obligations? Where do I need to be somewhere? And then going from there. Another thing for me is like being very honest with myself about time zones So some people are big night owls. I'm a night owl. I can do good work at night, 
but I'm also a very social FOMO-y creature. Mm-hmm. If I am at a new place and there's a good nightlife scene or there's like a cocktail bar nearby, I know myself, like I'm going to want to check that out. Right, right, working, right. Working at night is going to be really hard for me. And I speak from experience because I was working remotely from the Czech Republic a year and a half ago and I had to work 6 p.m. to 2 in the morning. Yeah. And the first three weeks, it was really hard. Yeah. The Czech Republic is a great nightlife. Right, scene. right. And then, like, weirdly enough, the fourth week, Prague went back into a lockdown because it was the end of 2021. And then yeah. I was like, well, that's weirdly convenient because right. now <laughs> I can work from home without any temptation. But it's an interesting thing, right? You have to be very honest with yourself about whether or not you can thrive in that time zone, yeah. which is why I often stick to working from Central America, South America. I know that when I'm working like CST, when I have a PST, like nine to five, I have mornings free. Like I can go on adventures. I can go to that like yoga class. I can do whatever I want to do. Go to Spanish classes, which I've done in the morning and then start my day a little later. And that time zone works for me. Yeah. And I think being really honest about what that looks like for yourself is very important because otherwise your work trip is going or your workcation is going to work against you. Yeah. Right. And then, of course, there are the other, I think, more common tips, like making sure that you're planning around like federal holidays or planning around long weekends and taking red eyes where you can so you can save a day. My other my only other really big thing is having a conversation with yourself at the very beginning of the year about what your biggest travel priorities are. Yeah. And then making sure that you stick to them. It sounds so silly and so simple, but it's if you don't have a goal in mind, the next thing you know, you're going to blink your eyes and it's going to be June and you're going to be like, what? Yeah. And sure, you'll have more PTO at your disposal, but you've, you might have lost some time there yeah. to go to that festival you wanted to go to or go on that spring, spring break trip with your girlfriends. It's like time's moving. Yeah. You have to set those goals and be as intentional about them as your work life. And yeah. then that's the way to make, that's the way to make it happen. Right. Yeah, yeah. I really like that you said that again, going all the way back to prioritizing travel in general. And I know that there's a video circulating now of, I mean, it's been going on TikTok for a while, but this guy goes around to people asking them like, what's their biggest regret? Normally older people. And like 90% of them say that they didn't travel enough when they were our age. Like they didn't go and see the world when they could. And now that they're in their 60s, 70s, they're older, they might not be able to, or even like just parents and people with more responsibilities and all of that stuff. They've been like, they're not able to make it work for so many other reasons. And so right now is the time to prioritize going and experiencing new things and not necessarily putting work to the wayside, but like you said, working around your work instead of making work be around your like travel schedule. Because at that point, you could like genuinely, you could probably work all day if you really wanted to. You could be sending emails. And even if it's not working, say, for the company that you work for, but working on your travel content, it's like those two things could definitely take up your entire day. And then it, you're in Panama and you haven't actually stepped out of your hotel room, yeah. which 
most likely happens. I mean, yeah, I had right. I had those days at the very beginning. I like looked up and it was 8 p.m. and I was like, oh my God, yeah. I haven't breathed I haven't breathed like a single breath of fresh air today. I must yeah. evacuate my Airbnb and like yeah. at least pretend that I've gone to a new country. Exactly. It's oh I am in Panama. That's right. Like I forgot. Been there, done that. I yeah. yeah. And even like this week, we just talked about this before we started recording. I am like doing more work than I would like to. I think it's an ebb and flow. I don't think that there is a true work-life balance because sometimes there are weeks like this where you have a lot of deliverables, a lot of shit going on. Exactly. And the counter of that is making sure that you're like being really honest with your, yourself and setting those goals, right? Doing those check-ins because a week from now, I am going to be on PTO for 12, like, 12 days. Yeah. And when you add the weekends in, I'm going to be traveling for 19 days. Okay. Yeah. And I am looking forward to that. And if I have to work until 10 PM to like, make sure everything is in a good place, I'm going to do that because I know that I already set that goal for myself. Yeah. So Yeah. I was just about to say, I'm in the exact position. We were just talking about this before how I'm going away for two weeks, but that means that I need to get two weeks because I do social media for a couple companies and I need to get two weeks worth of content in this week for the next two weeks, because I'm not going to be working for those two. And so in positions in marketing and advertising and, and all of that stuff in social media specifically, it's like you said, kind of sacrificing this time now of, okay, well, I'm home. I'm not really doing anything. It's okay if I work a little extra because now I can enjoy my vacation without having to worry about someone texting me that a post didn't come out right or something happened with this or something didn't post like in my cases. That's a kind of a good question for you in terms of, say you are like, you finished work for the day. I'm not sure if this happens to you or not, but you finished work for the day and you're at the beach or something. Would you still consider yourself working while you're away from a desk physically? Do you still have contact or do you separate that? You know what I mean? Like when you're on your trip. So will you not answer calls for, or answer a text or whatever for an hour because you set that time of side to do yoga on the beach or to go somewhere with your partner, like anything like that or it depends. not. Yeah. It depends on the specific experience that I'm having. If I, I'm going to be on PTO for 12 work days, I'm going to Norway. I 100% plan to not check my work email. Yeah. Right. I have like an emergency, like obviously my coworkers can WhatsApp me if they need to. I'm not going to put them in a position where like I can't help them, but I'm going to set the expectation. I'm in a completely different time zone. I'm with my family. We're going on a 10 day like Norway road trip with my parents for their retirement, yeah. which I'm really excited about. And so I want to prioritize that time. Yeah. Right? If I am like gallivanting in Panama, but not taking time off, I might hop over to the beach or go to a coffee shop or something. But like routinely, I am going to be checking my inbox and making sure that things are moving along. I might just be doing it at a slightly slower pace. Right. So for me, it's just if I am in a on a day that I need to still be accountable because I said I would be, I have to be. Yeah. Right. But I also try to do that so that the times that I want to be unreachable, I can do that and yeah. feel okay about it. Right. Yeah. I have some blog projects I'm working on that are going to happen in Norway regardless that I need to keep moving. But I put an out of office on for my blog as well. I let people know that I'm going to be slowing down and I'll check in when I can check in. Yeah. And that is as, as real as I can be. Like we're all yeah. humans, right? Yeah, exactly. That's the, probably the most important thing is setting that expectation or boundary at the beginning 
something that I struggle with is not having boundaries when it comes to work because I travel and work and it's like very hard to be like, okay, Sam, put your phone down or like, don't respond. Like they don't need an immediate answer right at this moment, especially when you told them that you weren't going to be there. Yeah. I struggle with that a lot currently is keeping the boundaries up that I set at the beginning. And so, like you said, having some sort of expectation and letting people know and voicing that in every aspect, whether it's through all of your social medias, through your blog, through your company, letting people know that you'll still be there if they need you or whatnot, but not at the same pace. I really like that. I think that's something that like is important when you're working and traveling because it can be hard. Yeah. And I think too, one of the things that I have tried to do when it comes to my nine to five is to be, to always be the first person that raises my hand when like someone else is about to take a vacation. Yeah. Because if I am making their lives easier and I am being the first person to support them when they're offline, I will have people in my court when I want to do the same. And I know that they will jump on things so that I can step away and not feel like an urgent thing falls back into my court. Right. And it took me a while to build that circle of people. Right. Right. Now that I have them, I'm like, I just messaged my coworker an hour ago and I was like, I'm going to be gone for 12 days. I need you. Yeah. And and she was like, I got you. I got you. It's done. That's it. Right. But you got to be that person in return so that you can have that support system. Right. And that was a lesson for me because at first I was like, oh yeah, like everyone covers everyone when we're on vacation. It's, it's not a thing I need to think about, but you have to be intentional about that too. Otherwise people are going to be like, oh, Rachel, she's off again, gallivanting around Panama, right? (laughs) like working on, you know what I mean? And you don't want that. You want to celebrate each other whenever they're offline. Right. Yeah. And I had to learn that, you know, myself too. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, I think it is a little bit harder to also be that person in return because you're like, damn, do I really want to do this extra project while this person's away? But you'll be thanking yourself later when someone has got your back, like like your coworker does now. Right. So my final question for you, which is something that I ask all of my guests at the end of the episode is advice, tips, tricks, strategies, anything like that for somebody who is trying to make this work, travel, lifestyle work, but doesn't even know where to start? Do they quit their job and try to find a new job? Do they stand up to their boss? Like, where's the first place to start in terms of this lifestyle for somebody that really wants to make it work? There are a lot of ways to answer this question, but... I was like, just read your blog. I should just say, rachelofduty.com. Yeah. <laughs> read credible sources like rachelofduty.com. Right. No, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of things, right? I think if you have made the intentional choice that you want to stay at your job, that's the first thing. Because I think now in a post-pandemic world, like there are more options of companies that celebrate this kind of humanity and this kind of balance. So being very honest with yourself, are you in an environment where you think you can thrive traveling and working? Great. Being able to have that conversation with your boss or your team or your like work bestie. Hey, travel is really important to me. I think I want to do more of it this year. I've got a really big trip coming up, a retirement trip with my family in Norway, whatever it is. Have those conversations because I spent many years not having those conversations to the fullest extent that I should have. Yeah. Right. And I got in trouble for it because I wasn't. I mean, obviously don't say, hey, I want to travel the world and I'm like only going to work sometimes. Like, is that cool with you? Right. <laughs> we can't do that, right? But say, if, if you come at it from a place of honesty and understanding that you still want to do right by your company, 
You just want to do it in a way that better serves you and your personal interests. Be honest about that and bring it to the table and ask your boss to help you work towards a situation that works, right? Yeah. A good boss will understand that and want to help you do that, right? And you can say, hey, I really want to take all of my PTO at once. I want to plan a three-week trip in November and just completely sign off. What are some things I can do two, three months ahead of time to make sure that I'm setting myself up for success? Yeah. If your boss doesn't want to help you with that, maybe you should consider another job. <laughs> right. that's, a very, that's a very honest question, yeah. right? And so like first and foremost, having a, an honest conversation about how you can continue to thrive, knowing that these are your priorities. And like never resenting to feeling stuck, right? Again, if you are in an environment where you don't think that you can confidently have a conversation like that, then you need to start assessing what's important to you. Yeah. And then also just starting small, starting at home. If you want to work remotely from a cabin two hours away from your house, or if you want to just take a day off and unplug for the weekend, maybe experience what it's like to travel by yourself. Do all of those in small increments. I tell everybody that the biggest first test of traveling solo is taking yourself to a restaurant in your hometown. Do that. Exactly. Go out to eat by yourself. Go somewhere by yourself. Ask for the table for one. Yeah. And see how that feels because you're going to feel a lot of that when you're in (laughs) Panama for two weeks. Do all of that in small doses. Build up from there. And then like you... It, it doesn't become daunting once you introduce it to yourself continuously. And I think just starting there and like seeing what works for you, because everything is different for everybody. You don't have to work and travel like I do or like you do. You can leave your work at home and travel. Right. It's just about finding the balance of all of those things that is ultimately what's going to work for you and make it sustainable. Because yeah. that's the goal of it at the end of the day. Yeah, exactly. And doing what works best for you because also yes me and you travel almost the same amount of time of the year but we're traveling differently you know what I mean we're traveling in a way that works for us and it's like for everybody that's listening to this like you don't have to do exactly what Rachel's doing you don't have to do exactly what I'm doing you could follow all of these creators on social media and be like oh I want to be like them I want to do that I want to do that but like a lot of the time it does it's not gonna work for you and One of my first interviews for this podcast, the girl was saying that working and traveling takes a lot of discipline and it takes a lot of practice. So like your first work and travel trip where you're taking it on the road, it might be a disaster. Let's be honest. You know what I mean? Of Figuring out all of the challenges that you were talking about at the beginning of finding Wi-Fi and changing your perception and looking at things differently and having places to work and all of that stuff, it's going to be a really big challenge on your first trip versus like your 10th trip or your 20th trip. And so just to add the advice that you were saying is do things that feel right to you, do things that like you've practiced or you feel confident in doing. And then that way it can make it work because Also, like you said, this isn't your first time doing this. You know what I mean? You've been, how long have you been working and traveling for or like doing this sort of lifestyle? 2018 was probably the first year that I really stepped into it with a little bit more of an unapologetic lens. Before that, I was like kind of tiptoeing around a little bit. 2019 was kind of my like poster year. I took 25 trips in 12 months with a nine to five where I was going into the office four or five days a week. Yeah. So that was before COVID. That was before I was working remotely. And so that was like a really big kind of personal feat for me. And I was like, I can do this. 2020 yeah. is going to be my year. And then the world 
Yeah. Stop. But right. 2019 was really where I thought to myself, I can do this and I can show other people how they might be able to too. Yeah. So proves my point exactly is this is not your first year doing this. It's not your second, your third. You've been doing it for a while. So like taking all of the advice from you, but also realizing that like we're all beginners at some point. You know what I mean? We're all going to be beginners in something and it's okay to mess up. It's okay not enjoy it at first or whatever it might be, but continuing to go at it is like the best way to make any sort of lifestyle work, I think, is like just going for it and kind of seeing how it feels. Yeah. And not being beating yourself up if one thing that works for a bazillion people doesn't work for you. Exactly. I'm four or five years into working remotely abroad and I still can't tell you the best VPN or the best, you know what I mean? There are always opportunities to learn more and figure it out. And you don't need to know everything in order to do it. You just need to know what works for you and what works for your work situation. Exactly. Exactly. Well, with all of that said, thank you so much for being on. I really appreciate it. And if you want to tell everybody where they can find you and what you have coming up. Awesome. Well, thank you so, so much for having me. I'm so excited to see you. <laughs> I know, the right? podcast goes out, yeah. we'll have already seen each other. Yep. But you can find me at Rachel Off Duty on Instagram. You can find me at racheloffduty.com. And if you subscribe to my newsletter, which you can find the link to on my website, that'll give you the latest and greatest in terms of what we've got coming up in terms of group trips, announcements, resources, things like that. So those are the places. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again. And yeah, I can't wait to see you too. Thank you.